No one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sound of the cries of weeping because the people made so much noise. Shouts of joy, cries and weeping. It was all mixed up together, one big distorted cacophony of sound, one mixed up mess. Uh, that's the life we are reading about for the people of Israel in Ezra chapter 3. Shouts of joy and cries of weeping all mixed up together. And, and it wasn't supposed to be this way. <laughs> uh, it certainly wasn't the life that any of God's people were looking for or expecting. Uh, and in fact, by the time of Ezra, life was supposed to be different now. It was supposed to be better. In fact, it was supposed to be good. <laughs> If, if you remember the history of God's people to this point, you'll remember that God's people, of course, had been living in the promised land, the land of Israel, for hundreds of years and, and, and through many generations. But after many hundreds of years and many generations of rebellion and rejection and outright sin against God, he had allowed them to face the punishment for their sins. And, and a series of invading armies had come into Israel and, and taken over the land, conquered that city of Jerusalem destroyed their temple and then dragged the people away into this foreign land where they were living as strangers and exiles in a faraway place called Babylon. But if you were with us last week, you remember that God had opened up the door for them to return home. After 70 years of living in a place that they did not belong, God graciously welcomed them back in to the promised land and he prepared the way for them to waltz right back home where they belonged. And, and in Ezra, they're there. <laughs> they're finally back. And, and they seem committed in our reading for today to, to change things, that this was going to be a fresh start. They were not going to repeat their past mistakes. We, we read how they committed themselves to the ways of the Lord. They were going to listen to and obey and follow the, the Torah, the, the commands and the law of God. They, they built an altar so that they could begin to sacrifice animals to atone for their sins. They knew their sin and they wanted to make it right. And then in chapter 3, we read that, that they began to build the foundations of a new temple right on the rubble of the old one. It was supposed to be a day of pure, unadulterated goodness and joy. And there was goodness. There were the shouts of joy. We read about them. But there, were also, there was also the sound of cries and weeping. There was weeping because, because as some people looked at the rubble of that fallen temple, they, they couldn't help but remember all of, all of the sin that brought them there and led to that destruction. There were some people there that day who had seen the first temple in all of its glory and they knew that this new one they were building just couldn't compare. And so here it was, this mixed up mash, this distorted cacophony of good and bad and happy and sad, shouts of joy, but also cries and weeping. And I thought to myself this week, isn't that the world we live in? <laughs> uh, isn't that our daily experience? I mean, could there be a more relatable verse? This is what you and I go through every single day. There's a whole lot of good in our world today. I hope you experience it, but there's also plenty of bad. And the days that start really well don't always end that way. And, and one really bad week is often followed by two or three good. Uh, sometimes we cry tears of joy, but other times we cry tears of sadness, and sometimes we don't know why we're crying. It's one big mixed-up mess, a, a distorted cacophony of good and bad and happy 
and sad. Uh, that's our experience. One day we're, we're celebrating a, a wonderful occasion. Maybe it's a wedding or an anniversary or a birthday celebration. We're surrounded by people we love, but then comes this reminder that there's someone who won't be there this year gathered around the table and we're sad. Uh, one minute we're crying tears of joy over the birth of a, a child or a grandchild, but then next comes the memory of the child that we lost. Uh, with, with every accomplishment or achievement we we reach for ourselves in life, there, there comes that maybe twinge of regret over all of the things we missed out on to get ourselves to this point. Or, or maybe it's just the foreboding cloud of doubt and we wonder, how long will this last <laughs> before the, the rug is pulled out from underneath us? Uh, every time we fight back against a temptation and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, we, we finally beat back that sin, right? There's that guilty voice that reminds us of all the other times that we didn't remain so strong and we did give in. I think it happens as a church, right? We might gather together, maybe it's Christmas Eve or, or maybe it's Easter and the church is full and we're filled with joy and we should be. But then maybe for some of us, there's the reminder that 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was always this full every Sunday. It's a mixed up mess of good and bad and, and happy and sad, a distorted cacophony of emotions. That's what we live through every day. Uh, I think especially this time of year, right? This time of year brings us some of the, the highest of high feelings, but also some of the lowest of low. Uh, let me just give you uh, one example from my life. Uh, this time of year, my family, we gather together around Christmas. Sometimes it's Christmas Eve. This year it's next Monday, and uh, my parents will be there, and my brothers will be there. We'll gather together at, at our house uh, this year, and it's a wonderful time. And I'm filled with joy. We'll eat, we'll drink, we'll pass around gifts usually. Uh, one of the other things we do is we, we try, my brothers and I try to recreate one of my grandma's uh, famous recipes. One of the things she made for us when we were kids that we really, really loved. It's uh, a simple dish. She called it polachinka. Uh, it is a, a crepe that you fill with cottage cheese and raisins and you bake it with cinnamon sugar on the top. And she made it and we loved it. And so in her memory now, my brothers and I, when we gather together for this special meal, we will make this dish. And I am filled with so many good emotions. To be with family, to celebrate Christmas, to remember my grandmother. It's a wonderful day, but there's also that memory there, that, that twinge of sadness because, because my grandma's not there. And all of us would much rather that she was. And the fact that we could never make the dish like she made it. <laughs> the, the, the crepes, uh, she got them so thin. She would actually flip the pan over and cook the crepe on the back of the pan, and I will not even try that. And, and so as good as the day is, right, there's also a little bit of sadness. We're happy, there's shouts of joy, but there's also cries and weeping. You've probably experienced this. I, I, I'm almost positive you have. Now, now, the truth is that you and I, we will do our best sometimes in life to, to filter out the bad, right? We, we try to edit those parts of our life out. I think that's what social media, Instagram, Facebook are for, right? That's our way of, of cutting out the bad and just keeping, holding on to, and showing off the good, but that's not how life works. You can pretend the bad away for a while. You can try to hide from it or, or toss it in the corner, but eventually it, it rears its ugly head and we're back into this mixed up mess of, of good and bad. Uh, you, you heard a sound at the beginning uh, of the message t today, right? And, and if you recognize that sound, it was the sound of a, a symphony orchestra getting ready and preparing, right? 
And you might recognize that sound. Some people are hitting their notes. Uh, others in the orchestra are, are not. It's one big distorted cacophony. There it is. like the soundtrack to your life sometime? Uh, you don't know what you're listening to and no one's playing together. And again, some notes are hit, but, but others are not. And, and we might like to think as Christians that we could skip over the distorted cacophony of mixed up messy sounds and go right to the symphony. Uh, but that's not how it works. And in fact, I think that our faith in Jesus often actually opens up our ears to hear all of the notes, the good and the bad, <laughs> Uh, and, and so, and so our, our faith in Jesus, it does allow us to, to experience some of the highest of highs in life. You will have more joy as a Christian than you otherwise would. There are things you will see in your Christian faith that you otherwise would be blind to. But it's also your Christian faith in, in Jesus that will make you astutely attuned to, to lots of the bad. And you can't avoid it. it. Your faith will not allow you to stick it in a corner. It will force you to confront it. Uh, that's how it is for me uh, on my Christmas celebrations as we gather together and make my grandma's recipe, right? My faith, I think, my faith uh, fills me with more joy than I otherwise would have. Uh, one, because I know my grandma, she's not there, but I know she's with Jesus and I know that I'll see her again and that gives me a hope and a joy and a peace that otherwise I, I wouldn't have. And I think my faith makes me especially thankful for the time that I did have with her. I, I realize that that is a gift from God and I am so thankful for that. But my faith in Jesus also doesn't let me to just ignore the problem of death away or, or to call it a good thing, right? No, the Bible says that death is bad and we ought to be sad over it. It was not a part of God's original plan. It was the, the wages of sin. And so our, our faith doesn't make life one big sunshine and roses picture. But what our faith does do is, is it allows us to look in the future, and it, uh, our faith in Jesus, as, as we talk about this Advent, allows us to look forward with hope because we know what's coming. Uh, you could kind of think of it like when the orchestra is warming up and tuning their instruments be, before the big symphony, right? Uh, our, our faith allows us to endure that few minutes, that, that few minutes of that messy mess because we know what's coming, right? We know that uh, two hours of a beautiful symphony is on our way and, and so we can sit there. Uh, and, and we don't cover our ears, we don't ask for our money back, right? We don't run out screaming because our faith allows us to know what's coming. And so our faith in Jesus that we have, it, it gives us an endurance. But, but I think our faith in Jesus also gives us a job to do, doesn't it? And it's our job as, as Christians to put our arms around those that we've gone to the symphony with. <laughs> and to those people who don't know what's coming, maybe they've never been to hear an orchestra before and it's our job to put our arms around them and say, don't leave. <laughs> don't cover your ears. Don't ask for your money back. Let me tell you what's, what's on its way. That Jesus is coming with all of the love that we see in the manger and all of the cross, with all of the power that we see from that empty tomb. Jesus is coming. So don't give up yet. Jesus is coming, dear friends, to take that distorted cacophony, that mixed up mess that we hear of good and bad and happy and sad and to turn it into a beautiful symphony. Jesus is coming to take all of your cries and weeping to turn it into beautiful shouts of joy.
In Jesus' name, amen.